indeed unto us. That is the title of our new series as we gear up for this Advent season. We thank God for all of you again being here and celebrating God's goodness as we turn our attention to God's Word. I invite you to turn in your Bibles and join me to what may be a familiar passage of Scripture to some of you, if not all of us, and that is Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9. And our main reading will be coming from verse 6. In fact, during this series, all through this series, as we lead into Advent, we'll be coming from this very text, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. When you made your way there, you'll see words similar to these. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. If you don't mind, let's say that together. For unto us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Indeed, this is what we're going to be looking at at the church family, particularly those four distinctions that Isaiah prophesies about as it relates to the Messiah, that he would be a wonderful counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. On this Sunday, we want to focus in on the first descriptor, and that is the Messiah being a wonderful counselor. I want to impose that upon you in the hopes that it will impact your lives in such a way that you will take advantage of the reality that God, our Savior Jesus Christ, is an available counselor in your times of need. In fact, you can trust Christ, who is the wonderful counselor. Pray with me. Father, here we are in your presence, and we thank you so much that you've blessed us to gather in this sacred space. Thank you for how you've cared for us, you've watched over us, how you continue to provide for us. And in this day of brand new mercies, we, we come to say thank you. Thank you for your word and the revelation of your word from your Holy Spirit in which, dear God, we are fully dependent upon and we ask that you would speak to us in a fresh way that the revelation of your truth would not only impact our, our minds as in way of knowledge, but God, it would be attached to our hearts in application that we'd learn to trust you even more and love each other better. Is our prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. Can you hear Bing Crosby? It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas everywhere you... Uh, no, why don't you sing it? Go ahead. Come on. You can do it. You can do it. 
I dare not try. Uh, I wouldn't do that to you. But, but truly, do you see it? The sights and the sounds of Christmas everywhere you look. Uh, you're seeing um, decorations that remind you that, that a season has come, that there's a little more joy out there. If you're with us on this week, you will, celebrate it, uh, you will be celebrating with us at Christmas in the park. That was this Wednesday where the community and the church gathered together right there in the park, and we celebrated God's goodness. It was the lights, the sound, the food. It was a festive occasion, and what drew the community from all around was they were able to see the decorative lights that made up our park on this week. In fact, all through this Christmas season, you'll see our park is lit up with a sign letting the world know that light has come into the world. Oh, it was fun. Now, I didn't go on the, on the snow slide because I'm of age now that stuff breaks. So, um... <laughs> Uh, but I was tempted. I was tempted. Um, but truly, we had a wonderful time, able to see the joy on our kids' faces, able to see uh, the joy with our neighbors. And we had a live nativity that told the story that on first Christmas night, something happened. Something transformative took place. The world had changed because the Savior had come. He had been promised, and now he has come. One of the passages that speaks of his promise coming is from Isaiah, that great prophet whom we just read from. And the context is such that Isaiah is speaking to a people who are in a hard place. He's speaking to a people that Chuck, the Bible describes as being in deep darkness, let me tell you what really happened here, because the, the children of God, who we know as the children of Israel, uh, they were in relationship with God, saw God move in their lives in mighty ways, but drew, they began to drift from God, and their relationship was strained, and as a result of it, God wanted to get their attention, and one of the ways God got their attention is by allowing them to be succumbed by their enemy. So now they're surrounded by their enemy because they had walked away from God, their enemy being the Assyrian army. And so, and contextually in this text, the Assyrian army has surrounded all of Israel, and now they're being oppressed, now their hope is being strained, and they're wondering whether or not they'll be able to get out of what they put themselves in. Now, I don't know who I'm talking to, but if we're honest about it, there are some times in our lives where we ask the same question, will I ever be able to get out what I put myself in? I got three people who nodded. I'm going to roll with that because the rest of them don't want to admit the truth. But the reality is that sometimes we're in dark places not because of the decisions of other people. Sometimes we find ourselves in difficult, challenging, dark places because of the decisions that we have made. And that's really where Israel is. And so Isaiah speaks to them. And he speaks to them in such a way to let them know that where they are, they won't be always. Let me say it another way, that their condition won't be their conclusion. Well, let me say it another way. The trouble you see today won't last always. And I don't know who came in here, but you might have come in here on this Sunday morning. And truly, you smiling on the outside, but within, you can relate to Israel in this text. And you're wondering, God, when will this change come? And so now Isaiah speaks of the change. 
In fact, if you just back up a moment in that ninth chapter, you'll see there, uh, beginning at the first verse, he, he says, um, but there will be no gloom for her, her being Israel in this text, um, who was in anguish. In the former times, he brought into contempt the land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali. But in the latter time, he has made glorious the way of the sea. For the land beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the nations, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwell in a land of deep darkness, on them has light shone. I hope you get this, because the reality is they were existing in darkness. They were in a challenging place. Anthony, they were in a place of discomfort. They were in a place of despair. And good news comes to them by way of the prophet. And the prophet says to them that the time is going to come where light will shine through your darkness. That's good news because I want to tell somebody that's really what Christmas is about. It's the reminder that no matter how dark the night gets, Christ Jesus is the light that can outshine your darkness. And that is the promise in the text. I hope you get this because they're in a place and the Bible sets it up in such a way where he distinguishes two times right there in the first and second verse. For if your translation may have, as mine does, the latter time and the former time. Uh, some translations like King James have the past time and the future time. Um, right there in the text, he says the time contextually for this people of God was such that they were in darkness. This is where they were spiritually. This is where they were emotionally. This is where they were psychologically as, as a country and a people. In the context of this text, they were in darkness. And the prophet sees it in its present context. But when you read prophetic literature, like this messianic prophecy we're reading here, not only does the prophet see it in their context, but he's able to look forward into the future and also see it in the future context in a fuller reality. Let me see if I can unpack this for you. Because on one context, he says, yeah, right now we're in darkness. And the time is going to come where God will shine a light through our darkness. But our present context is only a sneak preview of what is going to be a coming attraction. That he says our present context is really a greater promise that a Savior is going to come. And when he comes, he's going to shine a light for all who are in darkness. I hope you get this because when Christ comes on the scene, Christ does exactly what the text said and declared that he would do. Because in Matthew, if you turn in your Bibles in Matthew, Chapter 4, verse 13, you'll see some um, familiar words that we just ran across in Isaiah's prophecy. For in Matthew, chapter 4, verse 13, God's word declares, And leaving Nazareth, Jesus went and lived in Capernaum by the sea in the territory of Zebulun and Naphtali. Well, where do we hear this? 
We heard this in chapter 9, verse 1 and 2. So that what was spoken by the prophet Isaiah might be fulfilled. The land of Zebulun and the land of Naphtali, the way of the sea, beyond the Jordan, Galilee of the Gentiles, the people dwelling in darkness have seen a great light. Who is this great light? It is Jesus Christ, our promised Messiah. So what you see, Nisha, is that God gave a promise and he fulfilled the promise in Jesus Christ. And this is why you can trust. This is why you should trust the Messiah to be your wonderful counselor because God's word is always true. Oh, let me put it this way. If God said it, God's going to do it. There is no promise that God leaves unfulfilled. That God's word is true. His word has been tested and tried. And there are those of us in here who could testify that you've stood on the word of God and you too can say that God's word still works for me. Anybody in here can say God's word still works for me. And so now you have the prophecy that declares that when the Messiah comes, People who walked in darkness, we're back in chapter 9 now, verse 2 and 3, people who walked in darkness will have a great light. Not only will they have a great light, but the light will be greater than their deepest darkness. I really want you to get this because this is really contextual for us to understand that God's counseling, Christ's Counseling is greater than our deepest darkness. It doesn't matter how dark and in despair we may find ourselves. There is no darkness so great that the light of Christ can't illuminate. I hope you caught that. Because there are times we're in places, if we're honest about it, that we, we don't think we'll ever make it out. And yet, Advent reminds us that when we wait on the promise of God, that God will fulfill every promise he's made to his children. So much so that he goes on in this same passage to say that in verse 3, they will increase in joy. Their gladness will come about them. The yoke a burden in the, in the next verse, verse 4, will be broken as he lays it on his shoulders. And every boot in the next verse that describes war will cease. In other words, when the Messiah comes in your life, get this. He says, you're going to have joy, great joy. You're going to have peace. And not only will you have peace, but the wars that you've been struggling with. I'm talking about when you let Jesus in your life. I'm talking about when you have a relationship with him. He says, the wars that you've been struggling with will come to a place of peace. Why? We're in verse 5. Why? For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. Don't miss this. That God in his wise providence in eternity past knew that he was going to deal with our greatest struggle by being born as a child. I hope you get this. He allows himself to come in the capacity of what looks like weakness. And even in him looking like weakness, he's able to take care of our greatest trouble. He comes as a child, but he comes unto us 
as the promised one. And that's why when you're, you're hanging around Christians at Christmas, every now and then you'll see something like a nativity scene where Mary will be there and Joseph will be there. And if you found all the shepherds, you got them there as well. Um, and if you don't have three, maybe you have two wise men to put around there. But if everything, you want to make sure in that nativity scene, you have baby Jesus because we know that that's how God came into the world. He came as a gift a child for us, a gift to us that we can have hope despite all the despair that surrounds us in the world today. He says, for us a child is born, a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. And here it is, here the distinction. This distinction that he raises is really a reflection of the Messiah's character. And he says, he shall be called Wonderful Counselor. I am encouraged to, to tell you that Jesus Christ can counsel you out of even the deepest darkness, but you must trust his guidance because God's word is always true. There's a professor who sought out to, to be able to research what would be the probability of fulfilling all the Old Testament prophecies as it relates to the Messiah, and though he could not because of time context, uh, reveal or study all 600 plus Old Testament Messianic prophecies, he pulled eight to be able to look at. And check this out, Fred. He took the eight prophecies and he gave it to 12 of his classes at the, uni at the university in which he worked in. And all of those students worked together to try to determine what was the probability of one person being able to fulfill at least eight of the Messianic prophecies of the Bible. And here he did. He, they did their work. They did their due diligence. And the probability that they came up with may blow your mind. In fact, Drew, I know you're a man of math, but this number was so big in terms of a probability. He said that they realized it was 1 and 10 to the 17th power of a probability. Okay, let me put this this way. Um, that's 1 with 17 zeros behind it. Okay, let me, I had to do my research to make sure because I knew I was, I was speaking to an educated crowd. Uh, that's one in one quadrillion of a probability that one person can fulfill just at least eight of the messianic prophecies. And Jesus Christ fulfilled all of the messianic prophecies, which tells us that only God could have done what he's done in Christ Jesus to back up what he said. Oh, let's push it a little bit further, because to put that in a context that maybe we can wrap our minds around is that if you had a uh, uh, hundred quadrillion silver dollars, if you had a hundred quadrillion, some of you want that, huh? You, you, I wouldn't have to play the lottery this week if I got that, Lord. Okay, uh, one hundred quadrillion silver dollars, if you laid them out on the face of Texas, this state, it would cover the state to whereas those silver dollars would be two feet deep. Let me teach you about the probability. If you have all those silver dollars across the state of Texas, two feet deep in depth, at depth, and you take a man and you blindfold him and you take one of those silver dollars and put a mark on just one of those silver dollars in a hundred quadrillion silver dollars, the probability of one person fulfilling all the prophecy equals the probability of a man blindfolded over the state of Texas finding that one silver dollar by himself. Only God can do what he's done 
in sending us his son, Christ Jesus. Don't run past it. Unto us a child is born, a son is given, and he shall be called our wonderful counselor. He, he's our wonderful counselor. Uh, he is the wonderful counselor. But in the world in which we live in, in the context of this text, there were many options for counselors. And not all those options were good options, but there are many options for guidance. Um, in fact, if you look at verse 8, just one chapter prior to verse 9, in verse 8 and verse, verse chapter 8, verse 19, it shows us where the children of Israel went off at because they started seeking counsel from the wrong sources. I hope you put a pen right there and have it as a caution for your life. Do not seek counsel from the wrong sources. Right there in chapter 8, beginning at verse 19, check out what they did. They inquired of mediums, necromancers, those who deal in dealings in the dead, who chirp and murder rather than inquiring of God. Hold on, pastor. I thought you were talking about people in the Old Testament. Yeah, sounds like some of our people today, right? Because we have a whole lot of options. And many of us, if we're honest, we've fallen victim, if not prey, to some of the options out there that call themselves good counsel. Don't look at me like that because you know I'm telling the truth. Because sometimes we're just checking the horoscope to see how our day is going to be. From Ouija boards to, uh, oh, 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 cyber counseling, that, that we get all of our, our advice on what's going to show up on our social media platforms, that we organize our lives based upon uh, the affirmations we receive uh, from those, 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 uh, those inputs that can give you information but can't give you victory. That's, the, that's a, song, a force of counseling, but that's not always the right counseling because the correct counseling is the only counseling that comes from Almighty God. And and here he's encouraging us to make sure that in all the counseling we get, we get the right kind of counseling. Jesus Christ's counsel is the only most accurate option full of truth and grace. And Christian counseling should be filled with truth and love. And to all of our members, we offer biblical counseling. To all of our members, we, we advocate for counseling. In fact, if you find yourself in a difficult place where you need to unearth some things in order to heal from some things, I advise you to get the help that you need from professional Christian counseling, from pastoral counseling to help you get to a place of, of healing. Listen, I'm, I'm not talking to you theoretically. I've been there because early on, even in our marriage, um, as we were dealing with the reality, Keanu and I were dealing with the reality of uh, losing two children, Lemuel and Angel, the miscarriage, and we were trying to make sense of that as believers while we were going through what we were going through. We couldn't handle it on our own because sometimes there's some pressures and problems in life that will get the best of you, that you feel like you're falling apart. And there we were, and somebody encouraged us to get the Christian counseling there. They unpacked it for us so that we could hold on to our faith even though we're going through a futile time. Listen, my brother and sister, there'll be times in your life where you won't be able to rationalize it on your own. You need to get to somebody who knows somebody. You need to get to somebody who knows the Word of God, and you seek the Word of God to be your help in your time of need. Ah, here it is. Because when Seeking counsel 
Make sure that it is filled with truth and love. We all need it, and we all seek it. But when you receive it, make sure that the counsel you receive is filled with truth and love, that it is trustworthy and reliable, it's unbiased, it's timely, and it's helpful. That it is filled with truth, and if it's filled with love, it has to be of God, because First John says God is love. And if the counsel you're receiving is not affirming your relationship with God, then that's the wrong counsel. If the counsel you're receiving is not... T- telling you that it is encouraging you to keep your faith in Christ, that's the wrong counsel. In fact, that counsel is not from God. That counsel is ungodly. But when you're going through life's trouble, like those in our text who are surrounded with darkness, it is encouraged upon, it, we are encouraged to seek out a counsel that lets you know there is still hope when it seems like all things are hopeless, that God is still on the throne, that he's still sovereign, and all things not some things, not a few things, but all things will work together for good to those who love God, who are called according to his purposes. And if you don't believe me, there's some testimonies in the house who could tell you that when we sought true counseling by God, we found out that our God not only makes promises, but he keeps all the promises he made. I want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. I want to encourage you because the wrong counsel can lead you in some dark places. Uh, wrong counsel can lead you in some dark places. Psalm 1 says, uh, Blessed is the man who walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, or standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful, but his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law he meditates day and night. You want to receive the right counsel because the wrong counsel will lead you in the wrong direction. Did you hear me? The wrong counsel will lead you in the wrong direction. Anybody in here ever got um, the wrong advice from somebody? I mean, besides me. Anybody in here? Uh, and, and you went on their advice, and all of a sudden they act like it was your idea? Just, 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 just the wrong advice at, at the wrong time. And they, they say things like, well, you know, if it were me, I would do. Don't, don't look at him right now. Don't look at him right now. My cousin Tim here, he, I think he was rolling with us when this happened. I think you were rolling with us, Tim. Uh, you could tell me afterwards. Uh, um, um, but it was one, one, Christmas, one Christmas season. There we were. One Christmas season. Check it out, man. Um, I had my 240Z uh, uh, Datsun. 240Z Datsun, man. It was a smooth car, man. I spent all day waxing and washing that car, getting ready because, you know, all the fellas were all getting together. It was, it was a Christmas season. Um, and, and we were young. And, you know, during the Christmas season, you have Christmas parties. Okay, I know y'all, y'all been saved since y'all six days old, so you don't know nothing about Christmas parties, um, uh, but we all gathered in the car together. Um, now, now, Kiana, this is way before, you know, we, you know, this is way before, yeah, yeah. All right, so, so yeah, yeah, we, we all gathered together, you know, because Drew, we were going to the Christmas party because we heard that there were some pretty girls at the Christmas party. So uh, we all got in the ride, and so I'm driving. Don't look at me like that because some of y'all right now, you're reminiscing. You're doing the same thing. Uh, I was on my way, um, and I got to lean in it, you know, and we had a cassette tape, and we put that in. Oh, y'all don't know nothing about that. Um, that that's... Don't worry about it. All right, all right. Uh, uh, put the cassette tape in, you know, and we, we, we were rolling. Our mind was right. I was leaning in the back. Uh, and then somebody had a bright idea. He said, hey, hey man, it might have been Tim. I don't know. Uh, he said, he said um, um, turn on that road because that's a shortcut to get to the party. I said, I said, you sure, man, there's a shortcut? There's a shortcut to get to the party. Now, let me help you understand. 
I grew up in the country. And so in the country, there are no street lights. There are only the lights that God provides in the sky called stars. And so here it is. I'm in my 240Z, clean, waxed down. Now we fresh, all right, because we had our drip on. Um, I don't know what y'all do with those little tight pants. No, we didn't have that back then. Um, uh, uh, you know, we, we had our Jabos and polo shirts on. And so, so, so and, and, we, and we had, we, we had our Tims. I mean, we, we, were, we were ready. We, we, we were straight, bro. Uh, and so here it is. We were getting ready to roll. And he said, turn down because that's a shortcut to get to the house party. And, you know, we wanted to get there as quickly as we could. And so I turned down this road, rolling down on a road I've never been on before because he gave me the advice that, that was the road to get on. And all of a sudden, that road stopped being a road, became a walkway, and my 240Z went in the ditch. And here we are now. Uh, don't look at me like that. That's really the truth. Uh-uh. And here I am, brand new. You know, well, it was, it was new to me, okay? New, new to me. Uh-uh. In my ride, and it's in the ditch. Now, we can't call a tow truck because then everybody would know how we got stuck. And so we had to figure this thing out, Fred. So all the guys get out the car. It's a small enough car that we figured out how to lift it up. And we worked all night long to lift that car up and get it back on the road. Check it out. But now we're not clean. We're musty. And we can make it to the party like we planned. Sometimes that's just like our lives. We got the wrong advice along the way, got in a dark place, fell in a ditch, and you're wondering, how can I get out of the place that I'm in? Here's the good news. There is one who is a wonderful counselor, can get you out of any situation that you find yourself in. Why? Because he is the wonderful counselor. And Advent reminds us that when it seems like God is far away, we, can, we should still wait on God because waiting on God is an expression that I hope in you, I'm going to trust in you no matter how long it takes because I know that if you come, you will come through for me. Uh, this is what's happening. And so the prophecy tells us that this child, the Messiah, will be a wonderful Counselor. Uh, not just a counselor, but he's a, a wonderful counselor. We hear that word wonderful, you think about, oh, he's good and he's, you know, he's, he's great. But really, in the Hebrew language, this word wonderful speaks to the miraculous, which means then that he's the kind of counselor that his counseling brings about miracles. Come here, I'm trying to help you understand something. That when you trust in the counsel of God's word, when you trust in the counsel of the Holy Spirit to guide you, when you trust in the counsel of our wonderful counselor, his counsel will always Always lead you to a miracle. That means something only God can do. Transformative, something that will change your life. That if you need a life change, if you need the lights to come on in your dark places, place your trust in the wonderful counselor because nobody can do what our God can do. Nobody can lift you up out of depression like our God can. He can give you joy unspeakable and fill with glory when you trust in his counsel. I hope you get this because it's a reminder that when we trust in him, he's able to work wonders because a wonderful counselor works wonders in the lives of those who place their trust in him. See, Christ's counsel is both wonderful and it's available. It's available for us today. It's so available that you can come confidently 
to receive his compassionate counsel, his guidance. You can come in confidence and assurance that his guidance always works. And it leads you into a better life, the life that God would have for you. His counsel is compassionate because truth is, though some people may speculate that they know what you're going through, the wonderful counselor, he gets you. He, he understands you. See, not only does he have knowledge, but he has experience with what you are going through. You know, the Hebrew writer, Hebrews 4, describes Jesus Christ, our wonderful counselor, this way. He says, since then, we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God. Let us hold fast our confession. Look at this. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weakness, but we have one who in every respect has been tempted as we are. This means that our high priest empathizes with where you are. That, that, that when you come to him, when you come to him, he, he welcomes you to come the way you are. If you're broken, he welcomes you to come. If you're hurting, he welcomes you to come. This is our Savior who is able to not only save us from the penalty of sin, but he's able to save us, save us from the effects of sin. There is no problem he can't fix. And when you come to him, there's some problems he'll help you prevent. But you, you, but you have to come to him. The Hebrew I didn't stop there. For look what he says. He says, yes, he sympathizes with our weaknesses. Because in every respect, he was tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us with confidence draw near to the throne of grace, that we may find grace to help us in our times of need. Don't, don't, don't miss this. Because what's so good about our wonderful counsel of Jesus is that when you come to him, you won't find condemnation. The Bible says you'll find grace. He sees us where we are in our confusion and our struggle. He, he sees us in the dark places. He, he sees us handling the hurt. And he's just telling you, even today, he's telling you, come to me. Bring your brokenness to me. If you're looking for meaning and purpose, you'll find it, Christ says, in, in me. He told his followers, come unto me all ye who are, are burdened and heavy laden and I will give you rest. He says, he says, bring your burdens to me. I welcome you to come because I'm the counselor that you need. And I want to invite you to do just that. I want to invite you in this sacred moment that God has given us 
to make up in your mind today that, that you're going to take your counsel from the right place. The place that's never wrong. The counselor that loves you so much that he, he doesn't leave you. He doesn't misguide you. He doesn't push you back. He doesn't put you on an extended calendar saying, I'll get to you next month. No, he's available for you right now. In the moment that we have in this sacred worship space, he is available to you now. If you don't have a relationship yet, today you can have a relationship with Holy God through Jesus Christ when you come to the wonderful counselor right now. That no matter what the burdens are, don't let anything stand in your way that you know you need to come to him. I invite you to come to him today. We're praying for you. We will pray with you. Leave your seat. Come down the aisle and say yes. In fact, let me ask all of you to stand right now because there are those of us in here, you need to come to the counselor. You need to come to Christ Jesus. And I want to welcome you right now. Whatever you're dealing with, bring that to God. There is nothing too hard for our God. He knows. Thank you for joining us online. We hope today's experience encouraged and challenged you. At Champion Forest, we are passionate about all kinds of people coming to know God, to grow in their relationship with Him and others, and then to go out and make a difference in the world. We would love the opportunity to talk and pray with you. To connect with us, just go to championforest.org connect. And hey, of course, we can't wait to welcome you on campus, in person, on one of our locations. We'll see you soon.